Welcome to The Event Brew, where event professionals from different backgrounds talk about the latest, most controversial, and interesting topics dominating the minds of the industry right now. This is a candid conversation, the likes of which can only otherwise be found late at night in host hotel lobby bars during industry conferences. So relax and drop in on what event pros really say when no one else is around. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event management company that tells you how it really is. Now, let's brew something up. Hello, hello, hello. Sorry, the, the music is so loud. Uh, I feel like I'm uh, a 50-year-old uh, person who is at an event uh, and it's asking everyone at the uh, networking reception why it's so loud in here. Uh, uh, anyways, uh, my name is uh, Nick Pirelli. Isn't that weird? Uh, every networking event is always in a position where it, there's the most amount of loudness that there could be. Uh, anyways, uh, that's uh, cranky old man facts, uh, number one. Sponsors uh, will not be happy So, about yeah, my name... <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, my name is Nick Borelli. Uh I am one of the brew crew. I am super happy to be here with a full brew crew of four. Uh, I think we don't usually go to five, so I think this is full. Uh, so that's going to bring a lot of energy to the show. Uh, with me today is, uh, uh, to my immediate right in the panels is... Oh, are they all They're all different for everybody. everybody. <laughs> oh, man. I want to do the please. intros. All right, fine. Uh, Will's here. He's always Yo. here. Uh, I'll just, let's skip through him as quick as we can. Uh, second show ever is... Second show, this is Xander Castro. It's going to be you. Uh, and Deanna, how many shows do you have? Oh, that's a great question. I. It's probably double digits now. I don't know, 10, I would 12? Say. Yeah, if not more, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, uh, Nick, Will, Xander, Deanna, that's on your card today. You can check all of them off. Uh, and uh, we're all hydrated, but the question is how? Oh, well, well, I'm dehydrated right now, so I'm drinking good old-fashioned mm. Tab H2O from my hey. hydrate water bottle. Um, no, yeah, I'm, like, going through a back injury right now, so I've just been told to drink lots of water. <laughs> Clink, uh, I'll just get through mine really quick, too. Also, straight from the tap, uh, first time uh, in, like, two years on this show. Ooh. I think your liver and your endocrine system thanks you. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what endocrine system is, but it sounds very, like, a, it would do a happy <laughs> I think uh, I'll, I'll third that. I'm a team water today. Man. Team yeah. aqua. Water all around. Oh, no way. You're drinking Santa, water, you're too, Xander? I am. I've got my handy hydro flask here. I have a bit of a stomach bug from the weekend, and so I'm just sticking to water today. Is stomach bug what we refer to as our weekend uh, exploits? I I wish. (laughs) (laughs) I wish that were the case. I was out of commission all day yesterday. Oh, Oh, no. Just on the recovery end. That's why I think it's the first time ever in brew history that we've all drinking the exact same thing. Oh. For sure, I've, this has never <laughs> this has never happened before, uh, and it's probably the quick. We, this might be the quickest time we got through the water and drinking bit too. So uh, let's uh, let's have all these uh, superlatives in here. Uh, okay, so uh, four hydrated people, and we're all talking about drum roll, please. <laughs> In kind sponsorships. 
What? Do you have? Does anybody here have a visceral reaction to vi- in-kind sponsorships? I know that certain people in sales wince at that idea because it means someone's coming into their event uh, that is not going to generate them any kind of uh, personal income. Uh, but anybody here like have a a feeling, uh, an emotional reaction to the word in-kind sponsorship? Well, my mine is initially is. Oh, yeah, that's the thing I always try to do rather than give money <laughs> yeah. as a sponsor. Yeah. Sure. As someone on the receiving end, it's what everybody tries to do. And it is never okay. yeah, exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah, that's for sure. Same deal, Deanna. You're I don't, on the, on the, I don't uh, know that I've ever been in a position uh, on the giving or receiving side. I think wow. all, all of, well, I'll say this. Um, the one organization I worked for that we did a ton of event sponsorships, we had a whole sales department that did the selling. So by the time they came to me, the contract was signed. I just was fulfilling. Um, and when I was in, when I managed like our trade shows and sponsorships for another org, we paid for everything. We didn't do anything. Honestly, anything that was free really wasn't worth our while to Mm. attend. Mm. Um, that makes sense. So, and sure. and we did, um, that organization did about ooh, 40 to 50, um, I would call them, you know, uh, field marketing events, but it ranged from small golf outings all the way up to, you know, a 30,000 person trade show where we've got a 20 by 30 booth and you've got your whole sales team on the floor. Um, so anything in between that. And, um, yeah, everything we went to, we paid for most of those events were more about, um, brand as a, you know, just getting our brand out there and having brand recognition and really, um, keeping our name on, on the tongue of everyone in the industry. Only a handful of those were really about true lead gen. Um, and those were the ones that we, there were more zeros behind the commas of those events that we really were trying to come away with, um, some solid context to sell too. So yeah, I've been on both sides on the the person buying the sponsorships. I've been on the person selling, but I don't think I've ever been in an in-kind situation. So mm. yeah, I don't have a strong perspective, rarely. Yeah, I had a pretty significant background in nonprofits. And so when you're working in a capacity where you want everything for free as the person that is producing the events, you find yourself having a much higher appetite for in-kind sponsorship, for sure. It really, as as I'm starting to pick up, it always depends on the type of event that we're <laughs> hosting or the types of events that you're, you're producing. So yeah, Everyone take a sip of your water. Uh, just drink out of the... <laughs> Brew crew <laughs> things. It depends. Sometimes maybe. Will's gonna change it to the official show uh, uh, tagline. <laughs> Some it so, depends. So Will, you have you have you offered in kind services from uh, for uh, endless two events that you wanted something from that that show as well, like that that was designed to be, uh, or your aspirations were. Uh, a win-win yeah with no cash yeah i've had it or 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 offset cash you know whatever i've had it a few times um i honestly just stopped sponsoring things like altogether for in kind though because 
what I kind of realized is that like when I was doing in-kind stuff with event services specifically, that like chances of failure just shot up dramatically. Like we like, let's be honest, like when you're donating something, like you want to give it less energy than you do something that's actually giving you money. And it always seemed like the, the events we were in-kind would land on a paid client day and just resources were really low. And like, you know, when things kind of like went wrong, they seemed to go really wrong because you're just like, you had no resources at all. You're like, how do I pull this off with absolutely no money? You know? So like, honestly, I just start saying no, like people would be like, yeah, why don't you like do all the AV for this entire general session? And I'd be like, no, I'm just sorry. <laughs> like I just really can't. So I started just saying to people like, look, I'll do it at a super discounted rate. Like maybe I do it at cost or something like that. But it, it didn't make a lot of sense for me just because like it, Every time we did 100% free, it hurt us so bad um, on it. Um, but, uh, you know, to be honest, too, like, I found that I got way more value speaking at events than I ever did actually, like, showing off our services and things like that, too. Because, like, I realize, I mean, now I kind of realize this after doing years and years of doing this, but, like, a lot of our value was in the expertise that we had anyway. So like, you know, like people almost don't care about the end product, which was when we were primarily the production company, the production, they're like, it went well, great. Now I don't ever hear about you and hooray. But like when things went wrong, everybody knew. But the thing I noticed is like, really where it came through is like the reason why it goes so smoothly is because you, you integrate that expertise. So, you know, like I think I in kind donated a lot of speaking engagements I don't know if that counts at all, but, you know, I think that the difference was that I guess like not really any different, I guess. Like I'm still adding value really, to the event in a lot of ways too, but that's not my like yeah, the company but it's not a service, isn't, service isn't to do speaking engagements. It's just that, you know, I saw a lot of value in those. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was more analogous to what I did as a consultant, the speaking, you know, and like trick figuring out those kinds of things. But like the speaking when I was working for a company it was just sort of a to boot on the side thing. I never really thought of it as like an in-kind sponsorship because it didn't engage the, you know, the whole of the company. It wasn't like a, uh, a service that you would normally do, except you're not, you know, receiving money for it. The, the, the world, I've been in a bunch of different worlds when it comes to the events industry, the world in which in-kind sponsorships was talked about every five minutes was food and beverage. Oh God. Yeah. Food and beverage people get hit hard mm -hmm. what event doesn't have food or beverage zero yeah. right so um and what industries don't have that right like it, it's every scale of event from a birthday party to the wedding of someone saying like well you know i'm in this community and you know i'm uh, people like me so if you do my wedding for free i'll sp say nice things about you <laughs> like like every like b to b to c is trying to do in kind right like it, it's crazy so that world is like the worst case scenario of like that. So like to the degree that like the last F and B job I had, I created like a form that if anyone, you know, wanted to be able to give whatever they did in order, you know, in exchange for food and service, um, they had to fill this form out and it was it, a gauntlet of things that like it, it was really just proving that, that they were like some sort of uh, down in the center center target of our philanthropic goals. Uh, and if it wasn't in that, then, you know, they kind of saw themselves as why they were not a good candidate for us, because uh, every single person calls up once in kind in that world. Um, and then and then production was number two. I mean, uh, there was there's a there, production could give away its services most of the week, uh, you know, to for exposure, you know, by, from requests. It's it's pretty bad, too. Um, 
it's it's like there there's got to be some kind of service where you're um i think the best ones are the ones where you're your partners in some sort of revenue generating uh, opportunity that way it's like okay you're not just taking a line item out but you're you're also potentially both earning some kind of income and then it kind of offsets but those are hard you know that's pretty rare and you have to be the right kind of organization offering the right kind of services for that to be like food and beverages is a good example of I suppose if you, you know, in one of the episodes we, we previously had where we were talking about having the, uh, instead of buying food and beverage for all your attendees, you offer people the opportunity to uh, have a few different locations where the attendees can go and buy. I could see an, an instance where you could pitch to uh, an event planner as you're a, a local restaurant that's close to the convention center or something uh, that you uh, could do a discounted rate in a, in a, you know, a smaller menu and it would be faster uh, and uh, if you chose them to be one of the four that you advertise, then you would give the show, you know, uh, some kind of cut or, or some kind of, you know, whatever. Um, something like that makes it like, OK, great. Everyone is getting something from this, not just, you know, giving for that. But what Will's thing that really stuck in my mind of, of being on the receiving end of the worst parts of that is uh, <laughs> when when you're right, it, I always thought it should be the reverse, but it's never the reverse. Uh, when people give away their services, they rarely bring their A game. And, and to me, it's like, what a, it, it's actually a big mistake. Like, even though you're making less money, you're so much more exposed. So it's not, it's not a question of like, uh, I'm not going to bring my A game because, you know, the, this, uh, we're not making any revenue on that. It's like, no, this is an opportunity to shine. This is a marketing endeavor. Uh, and whatever you're doing, you should do this better than you normally do it because this is how you're exposing people to the, you know, the promise of what your brand is. But as someone who's a speaker and I always had to deal with uh, production people on association events where they gave away the production, that's not the case. <laughs> I got people that like just came off Craigslist asking <laughs> me how to set stuff up on a computer, you know, and I'm like, oh, OK, cool. Like all over the country uh, where I'd have to deal with them. And it's like, oh, yeah, our, my boss said we're giving this away. So they brought me. Uh, I'm his, you know, 18 year old cousin. And I'm like, uh, all right, uh, super. I don't I don't know what the point of this is if you show and expose people to the worst of what you do. But OK, <laughs> let's get through this. Well, if you think about it like in an um, in-kind sponsorship, like your opportunity cost of failure is so much less than opportunity cost of of being paid. Like if you don't do job well when you're getting yeah. paid, you lose out on getting paid. So not only did you have all the costs, yeah. but like let's say for example, you're already knowing you're I not going to get paid. So like if it all goes to crap, you kind of like honestly just don't care. Like I buy in, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess, but I'm a marketer. So like I had to deal with production on this one and I would say, okay, I'm spending part of my marketing budget by uh from this in kind and, and knowing that all of this uh like equipment and all this cost or whatever is essentially going to my marketing and i'm spending money you know budget money on uh this presence being there and and i'm not putting the best foot forward it's like well that's really dumb too right like yes i see what you're yeah, saying sure. like you're like you're 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 losing the money there but from if you just put the marketing hat on and you're like okay if i'm gonna buy it imagine like buying a full page ad and then like giving it to a five-year-old with a crayon and being like, just do draw whatever you draw. That's how we're going to show people what we do. Like th that's what it's like when you bring your C game to, you know, an in-kind sponsorship. Like it's, it just don't do it. Like my thing is, is either do it at a level or just don't do it. But like any, and, and not have any pro qualms about not doing it. 
But like when you do do it, it's a big deal and you have to like put it all in. Like I'd rather you do half as many as you were considering, but those half that you do, you go all in uh, than that. It's the same way as that reason I never bought a half page ad back when I was buying print ads. You know, I was like buying a half page ad in a magazine was always felt like uh, just a display of I don't have enough money to buy a full page, you know, like. Like do it or don't, you know, uh, and if you do it, then use the whole real estate and make it make a splash. But if you're not there to make a splash, what are you doing? You know, just just say no. And for the supplier, it's a lot about that, what that ultimate ROI is. And if you're looking at mm. trying to pull in exposure, if, if part of your marketing budget is meant to be driven towards exposure towards your potential clients, like there's not, especially if you're looking at some of the most established vendors throughout whatever city you are working in uh, or whatever region you're working in, you're not going to get a ton of ROI from sponsoring in kind for events that their entire attendee base is going to be hiring you for your services as well. And so if we're talking kind of the big closed circle of events that are hiring uh, vendors in the events industry, if we're talking about the associations that are constantly making these asks for sponsorship, you're going to have a much better opportunity to capture some of that ROI when you are on the smaller scale. You aren't uh, you aren't really capitalizing on the full market that is available within your own city or your own region. And so planners are going to want the best of the best within the city or they are going to want the service that is um, that there is known for high performance when really the vendors and providers that are maybe on the newer side or that have less of that capture within their individual market, you may have a better opportunity to secure some of that because it's increased degree of exposure for that business. And it is not taking, it might not necessarily be taking away from a service provider who is capturing most of the market, who is booked day after day and doesn't have the need to fill that marketing budget with exposure events like i i think that there's an interesting balance between the planner side and recognizing what your true value is to this provider that is looking for in-kind uh exposure and what you really should be doing just by paying said vendor so we're, we're talking about the uh the uh, the incestuous nature of <laughs> event planning and hiring vendors for our own events uh, as we're speaking to our own industry uh, with this particular segment of the topic. But I think if we are looking on a broader spectrum and looking at events that are reaching a market that are complete, completely outside of the sphere of event professionals and planners like if you think about corporate sponsors for events that are looking for in-kind sponsorship or if a corporation is inbound with a corporate sponsorship that is intended to be in-kind you look at companies like target who have established practices and have an easy no in their pocket when they're being reached out to by organizations that are looking for sponsorship it's almost always no when it comes to financial sponsorship and it's possibly gift card sponsorship that they're looking to make available, but they're going to say no to anyone that is not an educational organization. And so what to 
Nick's point where you establish like this standardized system of what you are going to support with your either in-kind or cash sponsorship on a corporate level as you're really reaching up in on that chain of like oh here is my ideal sponsor it is Best Buy it is Target I used to be from Minnesota so I'm just rattling off these uh, Minnesota <laughs> corporates at this point but if you're looking at these companies that are your dream sponsors the reality is is that they have a tighter handle on that marketing budget that they're associating with their sponsorship dollars than your smaller organizations that that are looking for more innovative and unique ways to spend their marketing spend and that can come through event sponsorship so i think that there's a really strong balance between establishing what your hard lines are when you are trying to offer sponsorship especially in that in-kind capacity define like hey these are the values of that we have as a company these are the types of organizations that we align with um this is a this is a a cause that we want to support through this and think of it mostly in that way if you have this allocated budget to spend on in-kind because if you're just trying to capture that roi and you're already to a degree well established within the space that the name recognition is relatively ubiquitous uh, you're not going to get much roi on introducing your product to what is a hundred five hundred a thousand ten thousand people when you already have a customer reach that hits that ten thousand hundred thousand two hundred thousand million customer base uh, it, it really diminishes that roi that you're going to get as a sponsor when you're trying to sell to new customers huh. so what do you do Deanna, someone comes to you and they're like, look, you have, uh, you, you, you know, you need to feed your attendees. I'm a catering company and the attendees at your event are also pretty attractive for me to be in front of. What can we do here so you don't have to spend any money and I don't have to spend any money? Like, I understand what Xander said on a big, on a high level when it comes to like cash sponsorships or like alignment or whatever. But what about elements of an event that are intrinsic to, uh, the production of the event well that's kind of what i was kind of ruminating on as i was listening to you all um share is just as an event professional an in-kind sponsorship only has value to me if you're reducing costs um you're providing a service that i would have already provided for my attendees um and if it's not on that realm and it's just an ad, then it becomes a little bit more, is this, is this in-kind sponsor really worth the management, the hassle? Because at the same, at the end of the day, you're going to have to manage it. Um, I, I'm confl- I will say, I started at the beginning of the episode saying I didn't have a strong POV, but as we've marinated, one's been brewing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think for me, when it comes to... Um, in-kind sponsorships, like Will mentioned, um, doing a lot of speaking engagements and things like that, um, because that helped promote endless events and it helped spread your, not only your name recognition, but your brand recognition. And I think um, someone like you is in a unique spot with that. Whereas other people who have spoken at events, like a Nick or me, or I don't know if you have Xander, um, we don't have necessarily that uh, easy correlation with me speaking on this stage for free is going to bring me X value in my business or my personal tra- trajectory or mm. X, Y, and Z. Um, and so 
to, to rewind as an event professional, I'm looking at, am I making money on this event? Is this an event that I'm profitable with? Or is this like an event where we just, you know, we uh, break even? And if it is, wouldn't I want everyone involved, vendors, speakers, anyone that's putting in work, X, sweat equity into this event to walk away with some type of compensation or remuneration? Um, and so that's what I kind of wrestle with is, um, understanding, you know, as Xander mentioned, if you're in the nonprofit space or you're a small organ, you just have tiny, tiny budget and your cash only goes so far. I recognize that, but I also recognize that there are large associations, organizations that, um, have the budget and sometimes are a little exploitative, if you will, um, uh, asking for free speaking services, especially um, all for the name of exposure, as Xander mentioned. And exposure doesn't pay the bills. Exposure is really hard to measure. Exposure kills. Um, and yeah, yeah. So I think there's a fine line of, does it benefit both parties? And um and if it's, and if, again, if someone is putting in sweat equity, I also wonder if you're in that scenario as a planner and you're not paying for the services of an AV partner or a food and beverage vendor, are you giving them the due diligence that you would to a vendor that you're paying, right? Like, are you oh. crossing T's, dotting I's, making sure that they have all the information they need? You're really managing them as a vendor and that relationship and that process um, cause, uh, it's like that old adage of, you know, no, when you're, you know, you don't have the pinch of the purse, you don't have any investment. Right. So those are like, I feel like I was a little rambly there and I, I apologize to no one for that, but, um, <laughs> my nature is entirely <laughs> rambly. So, <laughs> right. It's like, I feel like I've made four points in one, but yeah, that's, that's what I struggle with a little bit with in kind is just, I think especially any scenario where one party, there's not an, an equitable relationship or equitable dynamic. If you've got a big fish and a small fry and the small fry is not getting compensation for services they're providing to the big fish, I, yeah, I, I feel a certain way about that. I think you dabble into some of um, ethics and those types of conversations. Yeah, I think on both sides of that, you've run into, uh, you're talking about the planner experience and whether or not you're doing your due diligence, but the likelihood is that the amount of time that the service provider can invest into your free product is, it's not going to be high priority. Like Will said, like it, it can't be your number one priority when you have paying clients that are writing the check to pay your employees that are taking care of the maintenance costs of your equipment. Like there's no way that you're going to be able to give 100% to this, uh, this free client in a way that is going to take care of you and your own when you have other clients that are going to do that. So I was thinking of like when in kind sponsorships were most rampant for me, and I remember like doing college events. Like it seems like college was all about like for brands is like, how can we get our brand in front of them? Like energy drinks, like a lot of like energy drinks. It felt like. Um, and like, I remember like specifically doing the, when I did the ASU undie run event, that was like the event I was like so heavily involved in sponsorships because like, 
you know, we were, we're we're looking for cars as car brands as sponsors. We're looking for like, yeah, food vendors, clothing vendors, like anything was almost possible because like everybody was just trying to reach the college demographic or so. And I remember so many people wanted to give in-kind sponsorships and not cash on there. And in a way that like we, I remember I think like one ASU on your run, we had like three different energy drink sponsors. Like, you know, like uh, we had like a magazine as a sponsor, like so many different things on there. But like, yeah, if you want to go like to the like rubber meets the road, try to go like self-sponsorship to college events. And like it is insane because it's so, you know, they're so used to like these brands just showing up and putting brand ambassadors on campus, just handing out stuff, you know, that like they, they know that, hey, like, yeah, I can just give out this stuff and that's how I get the word out about my product. That's definitely yeah, imagine like just hanging out in front of an event and just passing out T-shirts to people who are attending your event. Uh <laughs> With your name. Imagine like Patagonia being like, here, take our eco-friendly t-shirt. <laughs> well, that, that just reminds yeah. me of all the all the students that signed up for predatory uh, credit cards in exchange for a free oh, yeah, pizza. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. same, same mm-hmm. concept. <laughs> I, I was just thinking about like... So don't do that. <laughs> I, I was thinking about how in-kind sponsorships might also be really bad potentially in some ways. Like they can obviously like if you find the right mix uh, and like obviously again, it depends on this is like if it's something that the audience really wants. Like, yes, like if I was put, if ASU Undy Run was going until five o'clock in the morning, an energy drink sponsor might have been a really great idea, you know, but um, when it comes to like so much in kind, sometimes we end up just saying yes to it because we're like, oh, yeah, like a free energy drink on my audience, like what's the worst that can happen? But like I was thinking about how much waste gets made as well because of in-kind sponsorships. So if you're not really thinking about this, like let's think about this from a truly sustainable aspect. It's like you might say yes to this thing that gets given out. Yeah, like uh, Patagonia. I'm sure Patagonia doesn't do the giveaway sponsorships because they're like they know that their shirts probably aren't going to end. A, their shirts are really expensive, but also probably because they know that like someone might not like their shirts and then a shirt gets thrown away is worse than anything in the world sustainability wise. So like, I'm wondering too, like so, when you're thinking about in-kind sponsorships, like how do you absolutely make sure that you cut down on waste to make sure waste is eliminated completely? That made me think of like, you know, uh, maybe even a higher level of that, uh, is the mission, vision and values, uh, does, do, 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 are you on the same page with the, uh, person who is going to offer in kind? So like when you said that, I was like, okay, imagine if, you know, the organization had that as something that is in their mission. And I'd assume that like making the world a better place than you found it is probably some equivalent of in most universities. So um, like it would be in a violation of that in the broadest terms, but like more specifically, maybe the in-kind, you know, uh, relationships really are partnerships at the end of the day. Like everything else is more of a transaction. Like you want to be a sponsor, pay for it. You know, uh, you want me to, you know, be the vendor at your show. That's fine. Pay me. It's really transactional, but like in-kind sponsorships really should be at a level of partnerships where we're like, okay, we're, we're both mutually doing something uh, and we're trying to reach the same audience and provide value in the same, you know, in, in different capacities, but, but to the same group. That's where I think uh, a correlating mission, vision and values might be something that is like a, the first level of, you know, would you be someone? And it made me think that because so like I... I joined the Zenus team and like I I came into the conversations with like IMEX in the last week. Uh, And, you know, one of the things that they want to do is they want to do things at their show that shows the potential and the future of where things are going uh, in their own show as to as a way to inspire 
uh, the planner attendees be, uh, because that's part of their mission, vision, and values. So like for us to be an in-kind sponsor with them makes sense first and foremost at that level of you're going to help us fulfill our educational and inspirational message to this group because we believe that like this is important for them to see. Uh, so let, let's start there. And then like, how can we both live, you know, how can we both be whole, you know, through this process? And I think that like maybe that's the first piece, because um, I think that if you do that, then a lot of the other stuff that we talked about as far as the negatives about like bringing your you know B game or, uh, you know, feeling like this is somebody that you're not going to want to keep up with on your side, like uh, that stuff kind of goes to the wayside if you actually have a foundation of. Uh, you know, going in the same direction. So maybe that's an element that like, yes, I, I can understand where some sort of like philanthropic bend might be the place that you would start first. Uh, but beyond that, I think that like the from a biz, you know, one business and another business uh, coming together, uh, if it's a partnership, you, you should be speaking the same language. Can I add a tip maybe to to help give tactical advice for anybody who's dealing with sponsorships? Now moving forward in with it. Yeah, I think that's what people want. Um, yeah, for I sure. I was going to say, one thing I would say is that if someone ever, as a sponsor, comes to you and says, oh, yeah, we'd love to sponsor. How would you like to do an in-kind sponsorship? Like, don't assume that's the final burying place for that conversation. Um, you know, I think that it's every business's responsibility to try to keep costs as low as possible. But if someone says, hey, we want to do an in-kind sponsorship, like, just have a straight-up policy that says, like, yeah, we don't do in-kind or whatever it is, like, Here's what I'm expecting, uh, what I'm thinking for you. Here's our packages or here's what I think we – let's have a conversation about it. Like I think try to continue f moving that conversation forward. And if they're still like hard-pressed that like like in Target's case, they're like, no, and we only do gift cards and that's it. Then then you can move on then at that point. But I think a lot of times we end up assuming that like the in-kind means that it's complete – the money is completely off the table. But sometimes you can open up those conversations too. Yeah, especially when it's – yeah, especially when it's inbound and the sponsoring or the company that is interested in sponsoring is reaching out to you, that truly puts all of the cards in your in, in your hand because you're not it wasn't someone that you have on your target list per se uh, that they just all of a sudden are now an opportunity rather than a complete a ghost in that sense. I think that if you you never are going to agree on the terms of whatever that arrangement looks like straight off of a cold email. You wouldn't do that in a sales scenario where you are reaching out outbound, uh, no matter whether it's on sponsorship or if it's on product, you're going to have that initial conversation. Like D just mentioned, it is all about negotiation. And so the easiest way to take your next step is to receive that cold inbound request for sponsorship. And just as Will says, send them your packages you have misaligned goals that are not necessarily when i say misaligned goals the intent of the outreach is misaligned with what your goals are in terms of how you are securing sponsors what type of sponsorship opportunities you have available and so laying all of the cards on the table at the front where they're letting you know they're interested in in kind and you're letting them know that you're interested in a cash sponsorship uh, is just the starting point. And yeah, you can say no right off the bat to uh, that. At that point, both parties are informed about what 
expectations are on either side and maybe it's so far apart that you are going to hit that immediate no opportunity and everybody can move on but more likely than not it's when you start having a chance to look at the finer details look at the opportunities that are being available that are available for those sponsors how you can potentially highlight elements of what they are trying to capture within that idea of in-kind and lean into the cost of that opportunity and focus on the fact that, yeah, we want this cash element so that we can make this part of the sponsorship that you're looking to pursue happen. Um, I think that that is, uh, that is easy negotiation. Negotiation one-on-one in that sense is get all of the cards on the table and then move from that point. Yeah, I don't think the conversation ends at the inbound request, but upon your response, that's probably the first opportunity where it can find itself as a hard no. I mean, does anyone feel like there's the ideal like a uh, situation where if somebody came to you uh, really broadly with, with an offering, it would be the slam dunk, you know, uh, the, as a, as someone who is providing the opportunity for someone who is coming at you with, with, uh, a concept, like, is there, is there something you want to hear that would make you go, yeah, let's do it. Um, that's the only part that I'm like, you know, practically speaking, if we could educate people on something that might, uh, refine their pitch, uh, anything like Deanna that you think of? Uh, the thing that comes to mind is those um, uh, those things you want to implement in your events, but uh, you don't have the budget. You can't convince your stakeholders to make the investment. Um, I'll give you a great example. Um, the way I found out about um, Dahlia with her uh, team was a coworker of mine at the time had stumbled onto their services and she was like, can you look into this? Maybe we can get this sponsored, their services. Now, if, if the role had been reversed and Dolly had come to us like, hey, we want to come to your event. It was a wearable technology event. So it would just really fit the audience in terms of a lot of what they do um, at events. And um, we, we, we weren't able to, to bring it because we couldn't get a sponsor to cover their costs. Um, now that would have been a perfect in-kind sponsor because the services would have fit the attendees. Um, these are things, you know, that they may have been interested in and, uh, events that they go to events, that they host a lot of the other sponsors. Cause we had like a dozen or so other sponsors, um, could partner with them and, you know, do booth services at other events and things like that. It would have been perfect. Um, but because we didn't have the budget for it, we couldn't move forward and we said, well, maybe next year and next year never came. But, um, I think in those scenarios when it's something that's maybe on trend or a little cutting edge or something that you want to implement that's new, better and improved, and you don't have the buy-in, that's an easy way to get the buy-in because it's like, Hey, they're going to give it to us for free. You know, we don't have to pay for this. Then your stakeholders don't really care with stuff like that. They'll be like, all right, whatever. You know, as long as it doesn't blow up in our face and there's no liability involved, nine times out of ten, they're not going to care. So that to me, I think that's the best case scenario. Now, as the person pitching the in-kind sponsorship, how are you going to know that? Well, that's come. That's where it comes, like, knowing your audience really well, knowing if you're on the cutting edge for this industry or if you are old for this industry and everybody has been there, done that, used it, then you, you don't have that angle. Yeah, the one thing... I, I've been on both sides for for 
Dahlia's offerings, uh, it may be three sides if there's three sides, uh, as many as there is. And I could tell you that like she oftentimes like has pitches to these shows that have a tremendous amount of value because she will say, look, I'll pitch you this space. And within this space, I have sponsors. And, and if I bring these sponsors along, we'll do revenue share. That's pretty great. You know, if, like I feel like that to me, that's my silver bullet. If I can like I'm going to come in here, I'm going to provide your attendees value in this capacity. And I'm also going to do. Uh, a way to actually that brings you revenue to either offset the the value that I'm bringing by a percentage or to cover it and actually turn it into revenue generation like to me like that's I don't think that's something that a lot of you know uh, different categories have the ability to just do uh, but I mean I, I, maybe if you're creative enough like I was thinking food and beverage like look I could offer you food and beverage and I could offer you um, some kind of like local restaurants that did like a portion of this or whatever. And they had some signage in there and like they paid me, you know, subleased some of the space on the, on the buffet table. Uh, and you know, you made some of that money. I don't know. Like it, it, the creativity, I find that like most people, when I get creative, they just go too many steps. I'm out, you know, but I'm like, there, there really actually is endless ways to, oh boy. Uh, and hey, <laughs> to, you just gave, gave Will <laughs> and, and, and in there. <laughs> Take a shot. Uh, endless ways to, to create win-win situations. It just hinges on your creativity because like there's nothing more A to B and uncreative than this is what the sales she says, pay it and you can be part of it. Or this is what my uh, my sales sheet says, pay it and you know do it. Like the, it, those one-way conversations are as uncreative as possible. And you know, in some instances, fair enough. Like it is, it's really straightforward. It's transactional or whatever. I guess what I was getting at with this whole theme of today is like, are there, you know, ways that you can think about what you do that are more creative and more win-win that might offset and make it be something that is, uh, you know, valuable. Like if you are offering, again, food and beverage and the audience is, that's a bad example because everybody eats. If you're, if you're offering production and the audience is, uh, you know, uh, 12-year-old kids, um, Will's just going to be like, I just take the cash, please. Uh, <laughs> they ain't buying my lasers. <laughs> these are not... The, I don't have a persona for these kids, you know. Uh, so, but you're uh, marketing you know, to the fair, future like, generation I, of event planners right oh, now. Oh boy, yeah. I guess you know, yeah. They're they're like you know what six years away from being Bobby Dutton's uh, uh, marks. <laughs> so there's that. I guess it, there's there's something for everybody. But uh, I, I just think that like you know, there's there's certain instances where it's just like just pay me, you know. Like it's just it's just a gig, but in the in the ones where we're talking like about the event industry attendees and things like that that's where it, things get super creative because we're we're in that incestuous pool as was said that's probably a better way but I, I actually don't know a better way to say it um and i find myself in that in that place very frequently as somebody who's you know in in this world uh you know at the at the center of uh facilitating a lot of these things and i i just think it really just comes down to um is there a way for alignment more so than there is for a way for everybody to make money and for this to be obvious and easy? Like we first start this conversation off with alignment. Like, are we all aligned? Uh, and if it's, you know, if you're a DJ and they're looking for entertainment, like the alignment has to be that you are something that is so, uh, to like so special for this crowd and so special for this event that you're just an obvious partner as opposed to a competitive, you know, uh, person in that category. 
And I think that like that's what I would focus on is like saying like, hey, we are aligned, you know, like we're we're we should be together. Like this event is better for you with me being involved and I am better uh, by servicing this community. And like that has to be like at the center of how you make that offering, because otherwise it's just going to sound like somebody who doesn't want to pay or, you know, some equivalent of that. I think one other, there's two other scenarios in my mind where an in-kind sponsorship does give you an opportunity to like make a meaningful difference within the either event that you're running or the business that you're running. So I think one clear opportunity is when the in-kind sponsorship has a chance to increase the dollar for dollar value for the attendee that's coming out. So if you have a product that the majority of the attendees are going to be customers of or be users of in our scenario. Uh, we have tons of software companies that are attending our events and they use tons of different software tools. So in that case, if you are able to provide an in-kind sponsorship that gives you a value that is tangible numeric database like here is five thousand dollars in whatever credit for you to use over the course of the next two years that is such an easy and understandable uh pass along to your attendees that they can get a ton of value out that serves as marketing fodder for you to potentially secure additional attendees on the other side of that there's the opportunity for you to explore mitigating business expenses operational expenses for your own company where if you are using a certain tool set in order to execute something within your business whether it's dropbox which is costing you tens of thousands of dollars a month or zoom which is costing you two thousand dollars a year and you have this interesting alignment where getting zoom in front of your potential attendees is valuable and it can offset the cost of your product or your use case for uh, whatever that tool is then there might be some kind of simpaticoness in bringing them on for a uh, in-kind sponsorship where they're just going to offer you product and offer your attendees discounts or free service for a product for however long that they want to implement it um, there's that tangible like oh it may not necessarily be you giving me cash but it's almost equal to you giving me cash because you're giving me a product i would already be paying for in operating my business or the business of my attendees i think that's a brilliant point yeah that's great i mean it, those those services are like operating costs so anything that like can you know uh chip away at people's operating costs or uh you know pay dividends over time and are in the same way that uh like Deanna said that like, look, if you're, if you're offering something that is coming out of my budget, then, you know, and it's a definite have to have, uh, versus a would be kind of neat to have, um, you know, a lot of those professional services, you know, fall into that bucket. You know, it, it, there's, there's a, probably a small layer, uh, I guess within any niche that of, of would be have to in those, in the tech side, for instance. Um, but I can see a lot of value in that for sure. I mean, the other thing is, can you pass on value to the attendees themselves uh, in a way that makes the attendance more attractive? You know, could it be, you know, you get access to something or some, you know, twenty uh, percent off or whatever it is on on something that you would consider not uh, a marketing play, but something that is like a pretty pretty standard technology or service that they that they have to do. Um, adding more value uh, thus being able to potentially increase attendance if done right is is you know two-pronged um 
value for both retention of uh, you know having a great experience plus uh, attraction from this being something that is adding you know to the equation so yeah can you give something specific that has tangible value to every one of the attendees as your you know part of your in-kind sponsorship you, then that would be interesting too like is there is there something you have to do i mean there's uh there's technology for that for sure but like depending on the industry there's likely some things that they just all have to have um that's interesting it really just comes down to value i think um if if you have something where you're like look i'm a i'm a player in a uh, a world that's very competitive uh, i think that your your likelihood for um in kind is low you know that's the trick i think that if you if they say no to you uh that there's somebody right behind you that will do it then they have the power and uh they'll they'll kind of like set those terms uh, if you're doing something that sets yourself completely apart, either in the in the way that you present what you do, in your alignment, and the way that you're you know connected to the mission, vision, and values of someone, or you're in some category that you know blue oceany that you've created for yourself, then I think people listen. Uh, but I, I found an instance like, for instance, when I was with a company that had, let's say, a virtual event service, and I was trying to do in kind, they were like, well, we'll pay, you have to pay us ten thousand dollars to provide this to our. Uh, uh, clients and it's like well actually I'm doing something that you need to have for your event they're like yeah sure but like there's 40 other people who are willing to pay 10k so like if it's not you it's going to be somebody and it really just came down to the fact of not enough uh, differentiator and uh, and a very competitive space uh, and if you can find a way out of both of those things not only is that good for your business full stop uh, but for in-kind sponsorships that's how you get people's attention in my opinion like it's uh it's something that has to be uh, very, very special uh, for someone to do that. But uh, yeah, we're, we're really curious to hear if you've had some uh, visceral reactions to the word in-kind sponsorship, if you've had some war stories, if something has uh, uh, happened to you that's been like the perfect partner, you know, on the other side of that. Like, we're really curious to hear those kind of things. Like, likely we could we could certainly build a story of uh of uh, an episode based around that you know uh so uh hit us up uh you can uh email us at eventbrew at helloendless.com uh we're on all the socials um there's a website called eventbrew.com that's got all that stuff on it so i could just say go there it's got to be other things right i don't know uh snail mail um, <laughs> facts send a raven uh yeah great uh, so, yeah, uh, we're, we're always uh, curious to hear what you have to say. And, uh, yeah, I just want to thank everybody for coming on to this and adding a bunch of different perspectives. And let's go out and create these win-wins because uh, they're hard to do. But when you do them right, it, they're very foundational. True. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks. Thank you. Loud music. Thanks again for listening to Event Brew. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head over to eventbrew.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. Ask a follow-up question or tell us what topics you want to hear covered. See you next time on Event Brew. Event Brew.